My agent called, he said he got some interest in my script I'm glad I didn't tell him that I never finished it I got my cast of characters and outline for the plot I even got a famous classic case of writer's block Get it out of my head 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 Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Welcome to On the Page. This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. My name is Pilar Alessandra, and I'm the instructor and script consultant here at On the Page. Joining me today are two former students and rising stars. Hello, Jade. <laughs> Hello, Jade Branion. How are you? Hello, I'm great. Good. Hello, Darren O'Hare. How are you? I'm good. How you doing? Good. Well, that is a nice voice, Darren. It is, yeah. <laughs> that is nice. Thank you. Oh. You know what? Let's let's start with Darren's bio and I'll explain mm. why why he's got a nice voice here. Darren O'Hare. Um, he just uh well, just, I mean, over the past two years, right? Yeah, yeah. a couple of years, three years. Um, had two movies produced on through Pixel that were also released on Amazon. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And they are Groomzilla, starring Darren Brooks and Elizabeth Rice, and another movie called The Mechanics of Love. <laughs> <laughs> and also, Darren has worked on screen as an actor, most recently on the season finale of Lucifer. And video game fans will recognize that voice from games like Spider-Man 4, Halo, Lego Marvel's Avengers, Avengers <laughs> and Call of Duty. Yes, say something. Say something video gamey. Uh, something video gamey. Like, look out! <laughs> look out! Take oh, that hill! Oh, I'm that was good. Your mic. No, no, go ahead. Say it, say it again. I interrupted you. Um, <laughs> come on, we gotta go. Let's move. <laughs> Ooh, that was good. Yeah, that's too loud. That was good. Oh my goodness! All right, so now I'm gonna have to pay him for that. Thank you very much, Darren. We also have Jade Branion and Jade. Jade just wrapped up being a writer's assistant on the second season of The Shy on Showtime, uh, which was created by Lena Waithe. Her past experience includes eight years of working in on-air creative, where she wrote and produced promos for OWN, also known as the Oprah Winfrey Network, Freeform, and others. Um, and, uh, and you might go, well, what do these two people have in common? Well, they both took class from me, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not only that. And I'm very, very proud of, of um, this, the progress you guys have made since that time. Very proud of it. But not only that, you know, you're, you're, you're both like right on the brink here. You know, it's, it's sort of like, you know, you've got your first two movies produced, you know, you're in the writer's room, big show, woohoo. Right. And as I was reading your bios, I also found out something else that connected you, which is these un- a unique life experience. The, the two of you both went out and did something that nobody else does. And I thought it might be kind of cool to start there because clearly you guys are success or on, you know, definitely successful and on your way. But I would imagine life experience really helped you out. So, Jade, let's start with you as far as this unique thing that you did <laughs> in the middle of everything. Tell everybody. So, well, um, I studied abroad in Italy in college. Mm-hmm. 
And I'd always wanted to go back after that, but I was too afraid to do it. And so many different people had convinced me that if I left L.A., like, my career would be over. It'd be so hard to, like, make connections and meet people again. So I just sort of let all of that keep me from moving abroad and from traveling. And then I got very sick in 2014, and I almost died. And I was once I got better, I was like, I need to do what I've been afraid to do. So I sold everything that I owned, and I left the country with only two suitcases. And I started in Australia, and I went to Europe, and then back to Southeast Asia for like a year and a half, and I went to 11 different countries. 11 different countries in one and a half years mm-hmm. and two suitcases. Yes. Well, the two but, suitcases wow. what's really blowing me away. <laughs> well, you're, but halfway through, I you know, went to one suitcase. I got rid of more stuff. Wow. Yeah. Good, good for you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And did you feel like, you know, when you came out of that, did you feel like you were a different kind of writer, not only a different kind of person? I feel like that experience was what made me be able to write. Interesting. Because I had been wanting to write for years, but I was afraid of it and intimidated, and I would start and stop and start and stop again, and it just wasn't clicking. And then after I traveled... I was like, there's only one thing left for me to do, and that's to focus on the craft. And so I moved back here, and that's what I started doing. I took your class, and it just everything just clicked. I remember I was, I was off to teach in Rome, and you were like, you yeah. have to go to this restaurant yes. on this corner. And then I was like, well, okay. You have to. <laughs> so, so, uh, so were you writing as you were traveling, or were stories coming to you, and you were sort of just taking in experiences? I was actually depressed when I was traveling. So it was very hard to write anything. I would journal a little bit, but the stories came later. They definitely came later. But I have had one story for about 12 years that I wanted to write, and that's the one that I kept starting and stopping on. And when I moved back, it was, it was still difficult to write, but it was a lot easier. It's a very personal story. It's about a woman dealing with grief and the death of her mother, and that's something that I've dealt with. Um, yeah. So, okay. All right. I really, I was so fascinated by this because it really did seem like this interruption in a career, but sometimes you've got to like take some time and experience life so that you can really apply that to your pages, Mm -hmm. like become the writer that you should be. Yeah, exactly. You're kind of like, you might be a half baked person. You have to like, you know what I mean? (laughs) So that brings me to the unique life experience of Darren. So in addition to being a writer and a, a, a voiceover artist and an actor, you joined the army Mm-hmm. As an intel analyst, okay, and you became a counterintelligence agent. That's Is that correct. right? Yeah. Okay. So if you've started taking notes as a little listener, just put down your pen. Because <laughs> no, this is not something that like everybody can just do. But this is Darren's experience. So during that time, you were recruited to work on a joint task force with the Department of Defense. And while you were on a career path to work on clandestine operations, you studied with an acting coach in order to be more believable during undercover operations. And the rest is history. Yeah. And you're like, this acting thing is awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that was, uh, it feels like another life right now. Because that felt, I mean, now it was like a long time ago. And this is where I would age myself when I gave the dates. But that was, you know, I joined the army when I was 17. 
And I, I took to it immediately. Like I, I'd never like felt more at home in anything in my life. And that just felt like the right path for me. And I did that. And I was going to be a lifer. I was going to stay in the military for life or whatever agency I might've gone to at that time. I was kind of, I was actually in a point of transition when, uh, 9-11 happened and I was kind of switching over like who I was going to be working for at that time in the Intel industry industry, I call it an industry, like it says, but it was, there was a lot of different opportunities I had in front of me and 9-11 happened and I was in the middle of transferring units and I ended up just waiting then because I was still on a list to get called and I think I, I got my papers to transfer about two weeks before 9-11 and as soon as 9-11 happened, I started calling my unit to see if I could be back with them because they were an amazing unit that I had kind of fought and worked my way to get into and they were like you're not with this you like you're gonna have to wait for the next round to get called up and I just uh ended up sitting around for six months and then nine months and then a year went by and I didn't get deployed and I was literally just sitting around waiting like bags packed in my closet and that's when I was still taking acting class like for fun and I moved out to Los Angeles to um just be here for a few months, and then I met this girl. <laughs> oh, and, yes, you uh, <laughs> and then my time ended up just expiring with the reserve, and I never got called at that point. It was kind of just like this weird thing. And at, at that point, I'd been like out of it for over a year, just sitting around. I met this girl, and I'd moved to L.A. just for fun, kind of like a last whim before I thought I'd get activated. And it just changed the course of my life. And I ended up staying here pursuing acting for a long time. And that went, that went well. I, I've acted in a lot of things, but it never really like rocketed off. And then uh, my wife, she's an act, she was an actress when we met and she ended up getting into casting and then she got pregnant. Mm-hmm. This, this brings us to recent. <laughs> and she got pregnant with our first child and when it was time for like her to go back to work, and I decided to stay home and stop acting. And I was like, I'll stay home with our kid and raise her and I'll, I'll quit acting for now. And that's when I started writing. Uh-huh. That's when I first started writing. And we definitely made the right choice because my wife has gone on to win three Emmys since then. So. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Who's so, your wife? So me starting writing. <laughs> and <Name> drop her. <laughs> Let's get her on the show. What are you doing here? <laughs> so what did, what, I'm sorry, who is your wife? What is- Anya O'Hare. She, uh, right now she's working for DreamWorks Animated TV. Anya O'Hare. Yep. Okay, and I'm she's, writing her uh, down. She's amazing. Oh, that's great. I'm a big fan. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and yeah, she won three Emmys, so we made the right choice by me being a stay-at-home dad. Yes. Talk about other life experience. Now I've had <laughs> yeah. experience of being a stay-at-home dad. But for the a last. stay-at-home dad who is also writing, and that's very hard to do both things. Writing, and well, first it was voiceover. I focused more on voiceover because we had a, had a home studio at that time. I'd been doing a lot of voiceover too, so I just focused on voiceover and raising our kid, which are now kids. We have a five-year-old and three-year-old twins. Oh boy. And uh, I focused on that, and writing just seemed like the next thing to do with the time, you know, because you sit around a lot doing voiceover and, you know, how much time you have with kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, there are a lot of, of, of parents of young kids out there going, how does he do that? What? Yeah, I'm so, wondering how you do it. <laughs> just whenever you can. Right. Whenever you can. I have pictures. There's a picture of me writing uh, 
I was writing The Mechanics of Love and I have our tiny little baby daughter uh, just laying across my arms while I was writing. She's oh. sleeping across my arms while I was writing. That was how it usually happened. But in a way, like you guys, you know, it, it takes sometime a whole lifetime to go to 11 countries. And sometimes, you know, you know, by the time somebody's had sort of the kind of background in, in military and intelligence that you did, you're, you know, a career uh, military guy. Mm-hmm. So you, you guys packed a lot of life into a very short amount of time, and now you're on your way, you know, as far as being working writers goes. So do you feel like, you know, this is something that did make you more mature in your writing that has, has come up as, as you write? Yeah, yeah without definitely. a doubt. Yeah, and everything I write is usually set in another country. Like, I can't even help it. Like, it's just, that's just the way that I think. <laughs> that's right. You were working on something in, set in, in my Italy. class. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so, so I mean, that's, talk about, like, you're painting a picture of something that, like, the audience may not see all the time, right? right. You've experienced and seen, been through places mm-hmm. that that, like, Sometimes they can only see in movies, right? right. And you, you get to write about them from right. a place of knowledge. Right, and because like I lived in Thailand for seven months, so I became really familiar with the city and the culture and some of the language. And so when I write, I'm writing from a perspective of I know what this is and I don't have to do a ton of research. Right, right. And it and feels uh, authentic. Yes, Yeah. yes. And then with you, I was like, well, why... Why isn't Darren writing military stuff? And then I realized, oh, because you write romantic comedies. Because <laughs> the thing that really is your story is you were on one track and then romance took over, right? A, a lot, yeah. Yeah, I became, it, it definitely, the first meeting my wife definitely like softened me up. And then having kids just like, you know, that was like the greatest chaos, you know, you could help for. And, and just... I guess just made me appreciate different things and look inward in a different way that I hadn't been for a long time. And everybody does ask, why don't you write the military stories? And maybe I will. But a lot of that stuff is like, I can't really write about the stuff I did. Uh-huh. But um, I got some stories like that. But I do. I'm a big fan of like, you know, those 90s romantic comedies. So <laughs> wish cute. fulfillment movies. Groomzilla is a wish fulfillment movie. Well, Groomzilla, the, the pretense uh, of it, uh, is also a role reversal mm-hmm. movie, right? So <laughs> here is, you are, a stay-at-home dad, right? Yeah. At writing about uh, a guy who becomes a groomzilla instead of the usual woman who becomes a bridezilla, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so wish fulfillment in what way? Um, well, I just love like the liar, liar kind of movies mm-hmm. where some because the groomzilla, um, the hook is the the fiance. She's hoping that her husband her fiance will care about the wedding as much as she does. Mm-hmm. And that's the wish that comes true. I see. So it is like, be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Kind of thing. <laughs> and it, it's slightly based on a, my own life. <laughs> really? So did you become obsessed with your wedding? Well, I had, I, when my wife and I were engaged, we, um, I was not involved in it at all. And I thought she was like, making way too big a deal of it. I'm like, it's just a party. I kept saying, it's just a party. Like, we're, we're just going to get married and we have a party. What's the big deal? And she's like, you don't understand. <laughs> and then we went to a wedding expo, uh-huh. which are those, you know, huge conventions. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so we went to one and we were actually meeting up there because of whatever was happening that day. And I got there and she was running really late. 
So I ended up having to walk around for like a while by myself. And I think in that walking around, I was like, oh, I get it. <laughs> Your world I changed. I get it. And I just looked at the wedding then. <laughs> I'm like, military Darren kicked in and I'm like, oh, this is logistics. We're planning like an event. Like this has to go off like a mission. And I went a little too nuts. <laughs> my That's wife, awesome. I got a little too involved and my wife was like, you need to back off. <laughs> I'll plan all the stuff that's decorating. She let me like, I made like a minute by minute card of what was happening. Oh my God. For everybody working at the wedding. Oh my God. It was a Did it have much. military time on it too? Oh, wait, no, it <laughs> no, no, it didn't. <laughs> that's so funny. So, so, uh, the, the Pixel, the company mm-hmm. that is doing both Groomzilla and the Mechanics of Love has as sort of their mission statement, family friendly shows very uh, family uh, friendly yeah like yeah. like the kind of movie you can watch with kids of any age and not have to worry about grabbing the remote and you you said that originally you know it was going to go in one direction and sort of ended up there do you want to talk a little yeah, bit about yeah how i originally produced yeah so i wrote i wrote it um more as like a pg-13 like on the edge of our kind of movie mm-hmm. is what it was going to be as a romantic comedy like you know in the in the world of like liar liar, um, almost like liar liar meets the Hangover, mm-hmm. in a in a way, and the company who bought it was not that at all, yeah. so it became something entirely different. Um, but the way that got sold, I guess that that's a story. I was just sending it around to a few people I knew who I was just friendly with in the industry, like to read it. I didn't think it was ready for anything, and I was like, "Could you just read this and let me know what you think?" Like basically just getting some notes from people, and this agent that I was friends with who is a talent agent representing actors um, he read it and he was like this is great I'm going to give it to our lit department and, and within a week it was it was out and sold wow oh, that's great like that n- never happens from what I understand <laughs> but I guess it what? does happen I guess it does happen it happened to you there you go and I, it, it happened really quick and I kind of wasn't even ready for it to go out but I was like alright and, and it wasn't like you said it wasn't what I was intending originally but my agent was like look they're buying this movie and they're going to make it. So, so follow the notes and it make was it like, what they want. Well, it was the first. It was the first offer that came in like really quick, and she's like, "It's not, you know, what you set out to make, but they are going to make this movie, and you will have a produced credit for sure." Because mm-hmm. she's like, "They're not going to buy a movie and not make it." Right. Was her, and she was right. And then that led to another one. That led to another one because I I wrote that I, they bought that, and then we did like some rounds of rewrites on it, and I had that experience, which was great. And when I was in there meeting with them once on our, on the um, on the notes, I was like, "Oh, here's a couple other ideas." I, I just kind of threw out like a couple other ideas, and they were like, "These are great. These are great." And, and I was like, "Okay, thanks." Never thought I'd hear from them again. And then I'm sitting at home with our preemie twins. Ooh. My little Ooh. our little girl was like three pounds. Oh, My man. boy's five pounds. They're great. They're very healthy and happy now. <laughs> um, but they were so tiny and. They were like, hey, you know that idea, one of those ideas you pitched? Can you write that like right now, like in three weeks? Oh, oh sure. God. Three and a half weeks. And I'm like, I have newborn twins. My wife is like, or at this point she was back at work. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> From a paragraph. I was like, yeah, I could, yeah, I could do that. And I did. Uh, knocked out 100, I think, nine pages in three weeks. Okay. So, so people are home right now. 
nursing children going, how do you do how that? Did so did you wake up really early in the morning? Did you do it into the I wee got, hours? We, I got a nanny to help sometimes during the day. Okay. I had a nanny come and help because I was like, I have to get this done. And you actually wrote when the nanny was there. I tried and then okay. I'd write at night too. Okay. You know, it's hard to watch a nanny with your kids that are so tiny. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but I didn't. I knocked it out. And that was the first draft that needed to be done for some reason immediately and then didn't get made for like a year. Mm. And we did some more rounds of notes and it was what it was. And that, that one changed a lot. But but it was good. I was really actually happy with that first 100 pages that I knocked out in a month, which surprised me. Well, I think your, your gut just gets better, right? Yeah, it does. And I like the pressure. But also, yeah, I think sometimes like having a deadline and just mm-hmm. having to do it and not be precious about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I watch my writer's when, like, I know when it's like, yeah, I'm going to be a little bit late. It's like, yeah, because you're in a coffee shop writing. I know you are, you know, and then I'm like, yeah, your, your pages are really good, you know, because you just had to do it. You know, it, it wasn't this over management, this over analysis mm-hmm. of it, you know, that, that kind of thing. So congratulations. Yes. So I want to ask Jade, if we're going to jump from, you know, a family show <laughs> or family movies to uh, The Shy. Um, and when I saw the pilot, I want to recommend that everybody watch this pilot. It's a great pilot. It really is. If you're looking for how do you connect an ensemble of people to one concept and one theme, watch the pilot for The Shy. I was like, oh, that is some good writing right there. Um, and, uh, you know, of course, being being created by Lena Waithe doesn't, doesn't hurt. No, it doesn't. Uh, so, so, Jade, you leave my class, you yes. write me and go, guess what? So, so tell me a little bit about how you got a job as writer's assistant, which is a very hard job to it's get really, on such a great show with such a great creator. Yeah, it's a really hard job to get. I didn't even realize how hard it was until I was in the running for it. Mm-hmm. And I basically, I went up to Lena Waithe at uh, the L.A. Film Festival like the summer of 2017, I was like, I've got to get out of my comfort zone. She seems amazing. Seems like she likes helping people. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to go. I'm going to try and talk to her. I was scared out of my mind. I was like sweating. I almost didn't do it. I finally did it. She was so sweet. She said she recognized me from Instagram, which I thought was insane. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And she was like, send me a message and I'll, you know, hook you up with my assistant and we can get coffee. And so in my head, I was like, this, is, this isn't real. Like, that's never going to happen. I immediately sent her a message. She immediately responded and then put me in touch with her assistant. She ended up getting busy, so we only talked on the phone. But she, like, sent me a book on screenwriting. She told me to take your class. Like, she just started providing me with resources, and I became one of her mentees. And whenever her assistants needed help with something, like running an errand, I was always like, yes, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll oh, that's do it. great. And because I was unemployed for like five months, so I had all this free time. And they ended up recommending me to be the writer's PA. So I went in to interview for the writer's PA. And halfway through the interview, the show owner was like, well, how do you feel about interviewing for the writer's assistant? And I was like, yes. That's, and and we should we should you know remind everybody there is a difference between a writer's PA a and total, a writer's assistant. Yeah, writer's PA is doing what PAs do. Mm-hmm. You know, sort of. You know, they're very very useful. They're very but they're, they're not vital. In, they're not in the room they're per se. The, yeah. and the writer's assistant is in the room, mm-hmm. sort of uh, putting together 
all of the things that are getting pitched and thrown around, all the story pieces, Mm -hmm. and really putting it into the script. So you have to be on it. You have to be on it in a way I never have ever been on anything in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Like... So during the interview, the showrunner was like, how many words per minute do you type? And I was like, 75. And she was like, ooh. Like it was like a big deal that I could type really fast. Mm-hmm. So that night I found out I got the writer's assistant gig. And I couldn't believe it. I was like screaming and yelling and crying and like jumping up and down. Um, yeah. Did, did any of your experience traveling come up in the interview? Um, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit, and yeah. then and then um, since you've been in the room yes. for for the shy, you know, I have to know how <laughs> is story broken there as far as um, our arcs of seasons, mm-hmm. episodes, things like that. So for the first couple of months, they broke out the big story for like the whole season, mm-hmm. and they worked on the pitch for the network and the studio. Interesting. So they actually had to say, this is where we're going, network this is where and studio, we're going with for each, you to approve. Yes. This is where we're going with each character. This is where they're starting. This is where they're ending. Mm-hmm. This is the theme. And then after that, we would go episode by episode, figuring out how to get the character, you know, from here to the end of their arc. And that's a tough one because you've got this strong ensemble of people. Everybody is attached to mm-hmm. all of their, their stories from the pilot. So you've got to integrate a lot of stories, yes, right? Yeah. So I had to put together a document. I I watched the first season maybe three or four times. And I put together this basically this chart of every single thing that happened with each character in every single episode. Because some of the writers in the second season weren't there the first season. And so in the minutia of everything, you can sometimes forget what someone said or did or didn't do. And so I had to keep track of the first season on top of what we were breaking every single day in the room. Oh, my wow. God. Yeah. You have to, they must have been, felt so lucky to have you as a writer's <laughs> assistant. Like, look at this chart. Look at what she did. That's, you know, I'm just wondering as you're watching it and deciding what to put on the chart, that takes a writer's mind because you have to decide, well, what really advances the story exactly. in this moment that goes on the chart. Exactly. Um, so I'm sure there were little details that were cool, but you were like, that no, doesn't matter. Not, yeah, no, right? that's, not, that's not the beat. That's not the real essence of the beat. So I wouldn't put that in there. Did you have any kind of test that went in your head after a while that, you know, when you're looking at a scene, if you want to decide, like, what really advances the story in this scene, how can you analyze it? A, I know it's a kind of a loaded question. I don't know if I really had a test. It was more of like a feeling. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Mm-hmm. Got it. Well, if you ever do get a test, let me know. <laughs> okay. I'll write it down in a book and sell it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you had this chart. And so then they would come up with the episodes that would lead to the arcs, right? Mm-hmm. And then when there was an actual episode... Um, do they then, at what point do they assign it to a specific writer or writers to, to actually go away and, and write the thing? So most of the episodes were assigned in the pretty early on. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was just the last couple that weren't assigned, they were assigned later. Okay. Yeah. And, but, so uh, you're not having a sort of a writer's room for every episode or have you already gone through that and then it's like, 
So now writers all go off and write for what we discussed. We had a, the room going for about seven of the episodes. I got it. And so the writers were only on, the lower level writers were only on for 20 weeks. So after that, hopefully you're done. But if you're not, then the higher level writers take over to finish out the rest of the episodes. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, what did you learn about pitching in, from being a, a fly on the wall? Pitching is like acting. Really? It's like our showrunner really liked it if you like got up and sort of acted out the scene and would gesture and like get really into it. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty introverted and I didn't, I don't want to do that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the, it, more, the more pitches got bought when you were really selling it through kind of acting. Now you're you're an actor Darren and I would imagine that, you know, now that you're a produced writer, you're probably going in and saying, "Okay, here's the next thing." Or have you have you gone in to do some pitching for uh, a little bit, a little bit. It's it's interesting. Um yeah, I guess I'm just comfortable talking in front of people well, a lot. Yeah, as an actor, yeah, I mean, which you, is good. Yeah, I love hearing about TV though. That just sounds like a world. Like that's now that my kids are all in school, like that seems like an idea, like a world that I'd love to get into. Well, yeah. just the camaraderie of it too, because I did oh, improv yeah. for years, and I just love that. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the army too in me. I just love being part of a pack, <laughs> like working on something. Well, look, okay, it says I, I got ready. We got an army guy. All right, who. <laughs> <laughs> who ends up being a stay-at-home dad, okay, and uh, and is is suddenly uh, uh, forced to plan a wedding, and um, <laughs> no, no, it's an original pilot. Come this on, show, no? you know, the show that I love the most, that I always feel like relates to my life the most, even though it's not my life at all, is Barry on HBO. Whenever anybody's like, take your life and turn it into a show, I'm like. I can't really do that, but I'm like, oh, Barry has like a different twist on it mm-hmm. that I love because he's like coming from, he's like, you know, he's also a killer, which I, that's not oh, my background. Now we're learning something else about <laughs> That's Darren. not my background. <laughs> but, um, but his military aspect into like falling into acting, I'm like, oh, that's kind of like my life right there in a, in a, in an interesting way. There really could be something, I love Barry myself. Um, there, there really could be something with, you know, just the idea of, an acting teacher who has to teach people like who you were uh, to be <laughs> believable during undercover operations. Yes. Do know. it. I think there was a show like that. <laughs> was there? There was a really? show. If you, yeah, oddly, it didn't last. Damn. Um, there was. Okay, we'll just keep working on it. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll but but I mean, I think going back to this idea of life experience, right? You want to be able to go into a room and go, here's this new idea. And it's a new idea that only I can write because it reflects what I actually went through to some extent. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be a mirror. But you can say, no, I have this background, mm-hmm. you know, both in the military and both, both as a stay-at-home dad. And you've been all over. You even lived in Chicago, Yeah, right? I'm originally from Chicago. And, then, and now you're writing on something called The Shy. Yeah, it's That's weird. convenient. <laughs> Right. So it's like it's it's like it it matters. Anything that you do matters. And the reason I'm saying this is sometimes at the beginning of the year, I get writers crying to me going, it's a new year and I haven't done anything. I'm not at the writing stage I'm supposed to be. I'm not at the place in my career I'm supposed to be. And then I'll find out, oh, they got distracted because they learned how to uh, play an instrument. 
or they did go on this trip or they did have a child. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Mm -hmm. congratulations, you just became a better writer because you were living your life. Mm -hmm. So anyway, this suddenly sound like, I don't know, (laughs) a self-help person. And that's not what I mean, but I just find it fascinating that, you know, my my rising stars here, you know, have done so many other things as well. Um, What are you guys learning um, now that you've been sort of plunged into the business, um, you know, you in, in the TV world, you in the TV movie world, um, what are you learning about the career, uh, the, the industry that maybe you didn't know? I think that writers are at different levels, even if they're a staff writer in a room. Like some people might be good at outlines. Some people might be really good at dialogue, but you're at different levels and it's okay. You don't have to know every single thing about writing. Okay. So, yeah. and that's respected. Nobody's mm-hmm. going to say, no. get out of here. That was a bad line. No, no, Cause no. they know you're the outline person. Exactly. They, oh, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So you can also maybe as you're sort of marketing yourself to be staffed in other places or, you know, mm-hmm. if in your future career, be like, and this is what I'm strong at. Right. And, right? and plus everyone gets rewritten and it doesn't mean that you're a bad writer. Right. It just means the showrunner might want a different take mm-hmm. on something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so sort of like being this, you know, somebody who's involved in the script, but also fly on the wall in terms of seeing the big picture, this must be the best school you could ever go to, right? Oh, totally. Yeah. And you graduated from USC, right? I did. Yes. And, and yes. now you have all this experience as well. <laughs> Pretty good. What, do, what are you learning, uh, you know, as far as industry goes and especially working with, with a company that likes your, your stuff? How, you know, what are you learning about the industry? Um, people listen to you when you've had things produced. <laughs> I was like, oh, that actually matters. Okay. It does. Um, like people do want to hear more because I, I guess I didn't see the value in that right away. Like I, I just didn't think about it until all of the, it came out and then everybody's like, so what are you doing now? What's happening? And everybody was ready for my next thing. And I, that was great. Um, but also it is that, I'm not precious about anything either word wise. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're going to get rewritten. Things are going to change. Like the mm-hmm. movie I originally wrote became a totally different thing. And, you know, a writing on, on movies, that's going to happen. It's not your project. Right. You know, it's not, you don't have the final vision of what it's going to be. And that's a, it's a still, it's a cool part to play and you have to be okay with that writing. And I never had a problem with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like, like I wrote something and then it became something else and then it, you know, even editing and shooting, it looked like it became something else completely different in some ways. So, but you weren't sitting there going, getting angry about it. You're, you're no, because <laughs> I feel like I've always heard that, and I'm like, oh yeah, that does happen. There you go. There you go. <laughs> That's exactly, what that is. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just curious. Uh, you know, I, I've talked about this life experience, and again, the reason I'm so interested in is you guys are you're youngins. You know. As far as life goes, you're, you're youngins. You are. So I guess it's my question podcast. is: you can say that. <laughs> you are. Wait till people see the picture. So, so, uh, so, writing aside, what is the next adventure in your mind? You know, do you think Jade that you might go on another tour of the world? Is space next? What's happening? No, no you will not find me in space. <laughs> Because of gravity, <laughs> that movie, I will never go to space. That was Wiggy. I love never, that movie. Never, yeah. never. But I do feel like the travel itch again. Uh-huh. So I'm planning on going to Amsterdam next month for my birthday. Oh, she may never come back. <laughs> I'm going to come back. But I think 
I just think for the rest of my life, I'll always want to leave the U.S. for a couple months and venture out to somewhere else and then come back. It just, it refreshes me. It's rejuvenating. I like living differently and experiencing other cultures. So it's always going to be a part of my life. And uh, do you speak any other languages? Did you learn any well, along the way? I used to speak Italian very well. Mm -hmm. And then I stopped studying and practicing and now I can't even. Yes, you can. I need to, <laughs> I need to take a class. Okay. But yeah. All right. Yeah. And then any, now you've got... You've got Not kids, so the you, have, again. you have a built-in <laughs> adventure by, by having these young children. I know that. I do. But, you know, again, life is long and the kids will get older. Trust me, they will. They will. Okay, look at me. <laughs> look at me. <laughs> they will. And they, they, they start wiping their own ass and making a sandwich. It's awesome. I Don't know. worry. Okay. We just hit that phase. Yes. Where yeah, where you're like, oh, look at you. They look. can do things. Yes, exactly. We You'll just started like traveling a little with them. Okay. Because everybody says you could travel with one kid and you can. You can. You could totally travel with one kid. Not three. No. <laughs> three little ones. But I did get very lucky. I just booked a job that uh, took me to Japan, oh, cool. which was amazing. I and I might have to Japan. go back for some more shoots. It was a video game I went and shot over in Japan. Excellent. For, for a week. And that was nice. amazing. That was like basically a paid vacation. I was like, this is amazing. Because <laughs> yeah. like now being a parent in my life, I can't fathom booking a trip on my own to go right. anywhere for a week. Just me. <laughs> my wife would lose her mind. Well, welcome to my world. I don't know if anybody who's listened to this podcast for 10 years has heard me say, oh, and I'm off too, yeah. right? <laughs> That is because I have children, right? This is like, you know, yay. I know. So when I, when I booked that job, I was like, I'm going to Japan and I'm getting paid to go. Right. So it's all good. Exactly. Oh, you want me to come and teach there? Okay. Okay. Um, so, so, but as far as like uh, another, I, I don't know. Uh, yes, there's traveling and there's kids and stuff. Any other, I don't know, uh, bucket listy? kind of things that, that you see? Hmm. Um, I don't know. My kids are such an adventure right now still. Um, and it's just, you know, I'm reliving my childhood through them. Right. You know, it really, it really is that. It's, it's amazing. And, and I had, um, I had, like, I grew up mostly raised just by my dad. So, like, it's kind of like giving them a childhood that, not better, but just different than mine, mm -hmm. you know? And it's just... It's such an interesting experience going through that. And that's really like an adventure to be on, I have to say. I have to, I have to ask you, even though you don't write military things, you don't write, you know, currently, you, you, <laughs> don't, you don't write about clandestine operations and things like that. But when you see this stuff on TV, do you ever think, no, it's not like that? A or, lot, a lot. A lot. Yeah. Try yeah. Not to. Yeah, I try not to. But yeah, but a lot of things get it right. Like I, I think I was a lot more um, sensitive to it years ago. Um, and now I kind of understand it a lot better where, you know, there's, there's things that you can only do certain things sometimes. And it's hard to get it right for something somebody knows so well. Right. Mm -hmm. And even when you have sometimes you have experts involved in that, there's only certain things you can do budget-wise or location-wise mm -hmm. or story-wise, what's really going to fit the plot. It doesn't matter if that's right. Right. Because mm -hmm. that's not what's serving the story. That's exactly. not what it's about. Um, so I'm a lot more um, understanding of that. I'm, just, I'm still, I'm determined to find the stay-at-home dad <laughs> spy guy. <laughs> Uh, original pilot that that you can do. I do. I do have a little bit of one. Okay. I do have one. Yes. I do have I a knew. pilot idea. I knew. Pilot. I knew. Talk to me. Okay? okay. We'll figure this out. 
Um, <laughs> I want to thank Jade and Darren. You guys have been so great to, to come here. And also just to sort of combine minds when you do very different things. Um, but it's nice to have two rising stars here at, on the podcast. Thank you for being here. For thank you. Um, I want to, uh, is there, I, with, with all that you do, mm-hmm. you probably aren't huge social me- media people, but Jade, clearly you've got an Instagram that's worth following. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, can people follow you? Sure. It's at Jade Branion. Okay. Yeah. B-R-A-N-I-O-N. Yes. Any, are you a, do you tweet or anything else like that? I don't really tweet. I, I can't keep up with it. Okay. <laughs> so follow Jade on Instagram and you won't be sorry. Um, Darren, how about you? I don't, uh, well, my kids are in school now, so I got some more time. Yeah. I got a little bit more. Uh, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Darren O'Hare. Okay. Yeah. All right. And that's D-A-R-R-E-N-O apostrophe H-A-R-E. But no apostrophe on those. Oh, no apostrophe. Just on the social. Got it. Got it. Sorry about that. No, it's <laughs> And um, you can go to onthepage.tv, as you know, to check out classes. Um, oh, you know what? I'm going to have Darren, the voiceover guy. <laughs> yes. Oh, read it cold? Here you go. No, you can do it. You have to read this paragraph right there. There cold? you go. All right. Okay, go for it. <laughs> Don't forget to go to onthepage.com.tv to check out the in-person classes and writing marathons at the studio. The recorded classes, a bunch of episodes of the podcast that you might not have heard, and the Patreon page where you can support the show to receive goodies. Yay! Yay! That was very good. Thank you. (laughs) Well, I need not say anything else except thanks again to Jade. Thank you to Darren. Thanks to all of you for listening, and have a good writing week. 